0: Broadcasting live to New York, Bloomberg 1130, to Washington, D.C., Bloomberg 991, to Boston, Bloomberg 1061, to San Francisco, Bloomberg 960, to the country, Sirius XM Channel 119, and around the globe, the Bloomberg Radio Plus app and BloombergRadio.com. This
1: is Bloomberg Markets. This is me, Bloomberg Markets. Corey Johnson and Danny Berger here with Bloomberg Markets. And we're thinking about the idea of sustainable investing in some really interesting ways that can actually help outperform, actually do well. By doing good, a special company focused on that Fund X. We'll get to that in a minute, Danny. But first... The latest in business news headlines from Charlie Powell. And
0: I thank you very much, Corey Johnson. Let's begin with the latest numbers out of 21st Century Fox. While it continues to fight sexual harassment allegations in court, its bottom line is thriving. The company controlled by the Murdoch family posted fiscal fourth quarter profit that beat analyst estimates on the strength of its cable TV business. Profit excluding some items fell to thirty-six cents a share, beating the thirty-five cent average of analyst estimates compiled by Bloomberg. Federal Reserve Bank of St. Louis. President Jim Bullard says Janet Yellen's successor should consider holding press conferences after every policy meeting if she isn't picked for a second term at the helm of the U.S. Central Bank. He was interviewed on Bloomberg Radio and Television, and here's what he had to say on the topic of inflation. I'm not too optimistic that we're going to have uh, higher inflation measured as on a year-over-year basis by the end of the year. If, if you look at the SEP, I think we're still predicting about 1.6% uh, for core inflation by the end of the year and uh, so we'd still be sort of well below target and not too far from where we've been in the last couple of years. And this update is brought to you by National Realty. Managers of New York, New Jersey, Philadelphia and Florida cash flow real estate offering safe high yield cash flow property units. See them at NRIA.net. U.S. stocks lower little changed. SP down a point at 2474. Dow Industrials down 36, down two tenths of 1 percent. NASDAQ. Down eighteen, down three tenths of one percent. Gold up nineteen fifty the ounce, up one and a half percent. Crude oil, West Texas Intermediate up nine tenths of one percent to forty-nine dollars sixty-one cents a barrel. I'm Charlie Pellet. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash.
1: Thank you very much, Charlie Pellet. You are listening to Bloomberg Markets and Bloomberg Radio. Give a little get a little. Well that might be the uh, the notion of Fund X, FundX Investment Groups Janet Brown joined us right now. So good to see you here. Thank you. On, on the right coast um, uh, with a look at sustainable investing. Talk to us about what you're doing uh, at Fundex.
2: Yeah, our approach is a little different, and then it's very opportunistic. We really have a diversified portfolio and follow markets as they change. So, as you know, the field has expanded tremendously. So now we can invest internationally and in small, mid, whatever's working. So we still are very performance-based, really focusing on which funds, and ETFs are bringing the best returns, but we also have the added screen of ESG, environmental, social, and governmental now. And it's become easier and easier since funds are rated. We don't have to only stick with those self-identified SRI funds. We can look at ESG social scores. responsible funds. That's right. right. Yeah, that's right. Janet, at one point you mentioned about your funds being very diversified. I was wondering if you could parse this argument for me that I've heard uh, Cliff Asnes from AQR make, that by being an ESG investor, you're excluding yourself from sin stocks or from a certain segment of the market. So your returns are going to be worse because you're less diversified. And I know you're a proponent that you can do better with ESG. So what's the disconnect there? Well, you know, in the old days, SRI was all about divesting from tobacco or a number of stocks. And right. it's really I'm, th- I'm thinking changed. student
1: protests. I'm thinking, you know. Yeah, yeah. I think we might have talked about, I don't know if we talked about this on, on Mike or not, but that my father, uh, very, uh, he's very involved in the Episcopal Church in, in Los Angeles. Uh-huh. And you and I were involved in, in the Episcopal Church in, in Northern California. But he was just hounding on the bishop there to get out of cigarette stocks and stuff. That was his notion of socially responsible.
2: Well, that's how it was 20 years ago. I started doing this 20 years ago, and that's all there was. And it's really exciting how the whole field, is completely opened up so that engagement and active investing is actually far more important now. ESG stands for Environmental, Social, and Governmental. It started in Europe as a risk measure. But to get to your point about performance, because that is the biggest myth, I think, that you shrink your universe and your performance suffers. There's actually 2,000 academic studies that show a correlation between high ESG scores and better performance. The latest is from Serafin, the professor at Harvard and Calvert, that just came out and showed a, a strong correlation, which, of course, thrills me.
1: Because so is it is a is correlation? Is it causation? I mean, is there something about these companies that interesting? Well, I think, that, it I it think does, it's, it's just
2: logical to me that. Excellent management is probably going to treat their workers fairly, probably not get slapped with a bunch of environmental fines. They're probably going to rate better. Firms like Dodge and Cox and Oakmark that are value managers really going for good management surprisingly rate high on ESG because there is a correlation between excellent management and good performance. So it's it's logical. Is it difficult, though, to get a lot of the data that would allow you to evaluate some of those ESG factors? Exactly. Exactly, You know, European companies used to rate more highly simply because their reporting was better. It started over there as a risk management tool. But it's growing here. More and more companies are reporting and paying attention. More and more people are engaging. Um, Of course, I've got to get in a little caution that part of the Financial Choice Act is to – Raise the bar. Right now, you only have to own 2,000 shares of a company to engage with management. A provision in this Financial Choice Act would change that to 1%. So in the case of Wells Fargo, for instance, you used to to have to own 30 or 40 shares. You'd have to own $2.4 billion to engage.
1: Uh, Talk to me about this Financial Choice Act and who's who's, uh, suggesting this is a good idea and why are they doing it?
2: Well, you know, it's already passed the House. It's before the Senate now. Right. And it's a number of provisions. You know, the trend of our current administration is, is for deregulation. And a lot of this is trying to deregulate financial markets. But I do think that wiping out the primary tool that people use to engage with companies is a bad idea. I mean, very, even the largest mutual funds don't own that much of a single stock.
1: Well, it's clearly intended to to give investors less of a voice with companies
2: yeah I think it's a bad or,
1: idea or that's I mean that's pejorative it's intended to uh, let companies do what they want and not be bothered by their investors
2: yeah yeah I think that's fair to say uh, and and
1: so uh, uh and, and this this worries you because why do you, do you think we well, end up the, with
2: you know i really see that engagement has helped a lot of companies over the years it's not just noisy shareholders it's it's often people that have good suggestions for instance investors went to target and asked them to look at toxins and baby products well that spread and now walmart and target and a lot of other retailers really have a handle on toxins and baby products which is good for everybody and it benefited their bottom line over time the same thing happened with home depot and old growth growth woods you know these can be ways to actually help everybody not not necessarily to work against company management.
1: Jenna Brown, she's the president of Fund X Investment Group here, like me, from San Francisco. Glad to see you here. Uh, Thanks so York much. You listen to Bloomberg Markets on Bloomberg Radio. This is Bloomberg. And Nathan Hager right now. He's going to look at world and national news headlines. He's in our 99.1 studios in Washington, D.C. All
3: right. Thanks, Corey. Fire and fury may have been the warning from President Trump to North Korea, but Secretary of State Rex Tillerson says not to worry. Nothing that I have seen and nothing that I know of would indicate that the situation has dramatically changed in the last 24 hours. Spoke aboard a plane uh, flying over Southeast Asia. Uh, shortly thereafter, Defense Secretary Jim Mattis said Pyongyang could, uh, should stop considering actions that would lead to the end of its regime and the destruction of its people. State Department spokeswoman Heather Nauert says the U.S. is on the same page against North Korea's nuclear threat. Voters head to the polls in a couple special primary elections next Tuesday, one of them to fill former Congressman Jason Chaffetz's seat in Utah, the other for the Alabama Senate seat left vacant by Attorney General Jeff Sessions. Bloomberg Government Managing Editor Kathy Rizzo doesn't expect either of these races to be a barometer on President Trump. A Democrat doing well eventually in the special general election would be lightning out of a cloudless sky there's no real no real comfort for the Democratic Party to be found in, uh, in next week's results, for sure. And president Trump has given his endorsement in one of these races to uh, newly incumbent Senator Luther Strange in the Alabama contest. But one of Strange's GOP competitors says that endorsement itself is kind of strange. Congressman Mo Brooks is a member of the House Freedom Caucus. He says he is baffled and disappointed that Mitch McConnell and the swamp, in Brooks's words, somehow misled the president into making that endorsement. Global News 24 hours a day, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. In Washington, I'm Nathan Hager. This is Bloomberg.